this week on the Steam Machine Podcast. Hey, didn't I kick your ass two rooms back? And welcome to another exciting, fun-filled, energy-filled edition of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me as always are my good buddies. The Destructo Bros. It's Nate. It's Willie. And we have a special guest. He's special in a way. Well, his mom loves him. Go ahead and introduce yourself, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to take that. Am I (laughs) really... Thanks. Hey, everyone. It's Jeff. <laughs> Old Jeffy Lube is here. Old the original Lube. Expendable. <laughs> I have so many nicknames, I don't even know. I can't even say it completely. The Originable oh, Expendable. <laughs> the Originable That's Expendable. That's right. It had the extra ubbles. Everybody loves some extra ubbles. <laughs> I think you're despicable. <laughs> Did you eat your oh, editables man. before this podcast? <laughs> No. I did, and I'm feeling incredible. <laughs> now, that was hard. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of yes. the Steam Machine Podcast. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Good episode. Oh. As always. <laughs> what have you guys been up to this week? Anything interesting? Oh, nothing. Just working. Ah, just kind of a normal one for me. I've been trying to get the house all cleaned and straightened up. Because that's fun. <laughs> I hurt yeah, my foot, man. I hurt my foot last week, and it, I couldn't walk on it for a couple of days, and then I had to use a cane to get around. And uh, because I was using a cane, I was only, like, barely touching it and kind of holding my foot really stiff. So even though the original injury is healed, now my ankle is so sore from the way I was holding it that, like, I still am hobbling and stuff. That sucks. What did you do? I am not sure. Uh, it feels like I dropped something on it. But you know how it is sometimes when you like hurt your foot and it's like, ah, son of a bitch for a minute. And then you just forget about it like immediately afterward. Mm. It was one of those things, I think. Or I might have twisted it or got up funny. I don't know. Look, it, I thought it was a sprained ankle at first, but it was on the top of the foot. So I, it beats me. He hit a hoe with a blackout. Maybe you have gout. I thought it, I thought it might have been gout too, but it probably wouldn't have cleared up this quickly if it were gout. It's all it's all that uh, Jewish deli meat, like in that episode of King of the Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could well, go for some pastrami right now, though, for real. Oh, fucking right! Oh, oh pastrami is so good. Mm. What do you guys like more, pastrami or corned beef? Mm. I don't really Ooh. eat corned beef enough to make an informed decision. But, I mean, if I had more pastrami and salami in my life in general, I would be a happier man. Yeah, I'll take the salami. Are we talking sandwiches? Uh, Of course. Okay, then probably pastrami and salami. But if we're talking just like meals, then I'm going corned beef because corned beef and cabbage is fucking delicious. Yes, it is. Especially when you turn it into a sandwich. Hmm. Throw the potatoes on there as well. Irish soda bread. Hmm. Motherfucker, I never thought about doing that. (laughs) Hmm. Well, that's what, I'm Irish, sir. I have that every oh, St. Patty's Day. Top of the morning to you. I was going to say, that sounded like the most Irish oh. goddamn meal I'd ever heard of, so. I, I've never heard of anybody else putting oh, potatoes oh, on a sandwich. Oh, 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 oh. Well, 
I've I've put in chips on a sandwich yeah, before, fair. but that might be a little different. <laughs> it, Good work, it's a Le- form of potato. I like that leprechaun laugh, Jeff. Welcome back to the hood. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I tried to mimic that one. That one's from like an old Simpsons uh, treehouse oh, horror shit. episode. Yeah. I love the Treehouse of Horror episodes. Those are so fun. The, the Treehouse of Horror is like the Royal Rumble to me, where even if I didn't watch any else of the program that year, I will still try to watch that if I get a chance to. Yeah, I understand that. because they, they break all the rules. Yeah. Um, so this week, I was, uh, I've was i been playing some Lost Ark, and it surprised me, actually. Um, I got to a point where I had finished off everything to do on the first little island that you're on, and... I was like, oh, I wonder how it's going to like progress from here, you know, like more in-game stuff because I was, I'm now max level, but at this point I was about five, five levels away from max level. And all of a sudden I go through a couple quests and they give me a ship and I was like, oh, well, that's cool. So now I can get from port to port and they're like, yeah, but like, here you go, go sail the ocean, motherfucker. <laughs> so there's this big, vast fucking ocean and now I have a ship that I can just like go fucking sail around find sunken cargo stumble upon random islands and go check them out it's it's really cool like it opened up like to a whole world as opposed to just being segments of an island like or something or the world say as in like diablo 3 is kind of in this one area whereas lost ark is this expansive place now that i'm like oh shit i've got so many places i can go visit (laughs) so now it's like wind waker uh kind of i would say more probably akin to like black flag but but yeah, Wind Waker-esque, I would... Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll bite my tongue. Why? Oh, I have my opinion on Wind Waker. We controversial oh. around here sometimes. <laughs> I, I seem to be the most controversial one, you know. Star Wars, I'm not a huge fan of. Wind Waker, I... Uh, it's my second wor- most hated game <laughs> I've ever played. Oh, of wow. all games? What's number one? Uh... 2012 Need for Speed Most Wanted. Ah, you're more of a recent game fan than most, I think. So I'm sure you have some pretty good reason. That's such a random hated first game. I need to know why. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so so basically, the the premise of that game is you know it's normal racing like you would like you would think. The problem is that you find the cars that you're supposed to race in scattered throughout the the map. And once that you do all the races with that car, it's become useless. You, there's nothing more you can do with it. Even all the like modifications you've done with it, it is now a useless car. And you have to find another one to spend more of your money to to modify that car to help you win. I mean, oh, so they don't give you a choice it, of car it, and races then? It's I, I don't know. It just you would have to watch some gameplay or just, it's. It angered me. It, me and my brother, we were were huge fans of the 2005 version, and this one is just a complete disservice. It took us 15 minutes to realize, wow, this game is shit. <laughs> I, I had that experience with an Need for Speed game. I think it was Need for Speed Drift, or so I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was when Need for Speed was doing like the open world racing games, and then I had this one Need for Speed game that was just like circuit racing. And I was like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Like, there was no car customization, really. It was just, you got cars. Is that, is that Pro Street? Yes. Yes. Need for Speed Pro Street. Yeah, fuck that game. <laughs> that was boring and as I shit. see, I like that game. What? <laughs> what? 
You heard me. I like it. See, you are controversial. I am. Hashtag controversial. Old Cthusius Jeffy Louvable Spick Spender. <laughs> whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck gonna, yes. uh, Every time I get an addition to my name, I'm going to have to write it down. Because at this point, I have no idea what it is. Now you're just syllables, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> syllables, Jeff. There you go. We'll shorten that. We'll just call you Sybil. All syllables, Jeff. Oops, all syllables. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Perfect. Uh, the problem is that you're just going to get appended to the front instead of replacing everything. <laughs> so, I do want to bring this up just because of how much uh, we talk about wrestling. Um, unfortunately, uh, Scott Hall passed away. Yeah. Uh, the bad guy, Razor Ramon, uh, the guy who brought in a new wave when he went into WCW and cut that promo that started up the NWO. Yeah. Like, His impact on pro wrestling can't be like denied. Like he was huge and great. And like, I think all of us that watched wrestling, especially in that time period, have fond memories of that dude. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, in in honor of him this morning before i went to bed i was playing uh, 2k22 and in my universe mode uh i let i had him beat my champion so he became the wwf champion which he never held he never held a world title belt which is crazy the, he left such an impact was never a heavyweight champion like that's saying something you know so i figured i wanted to give him that and i gave him that belt and then i retired that belt with him in the game. So like now like that belt is his and now we're using the undisputed belt from back in the day. Um, but yeah, man, it's a bummer. You know, I just, uh, I hope that homeboy is not in, uh, in any pain anymore. Moving on to, uh, go wrestle with Kurt hitting up in the sky. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that cause that, that really bummed me out. And he was, I know, you know, he meant a lot to us three, Jeff, I know you're not the biggest wrestling fan in the world, but, uh, if no, but I understand what wrestling means to you guys and what and to the entire world that love the sport. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, you, I, I at least have respect for all those that all, all the wrestlers that managed to entertain generations of, of people. Yeah, for sure, man. It just sucks, too, because he was like he had a lot of personal demons, but he'd been on the upswing for the past several years. You know, he'd gotten clean. He'd been, you know, getting in better shape than he'd been. Like, he was barely able to walk at one point, and he seemed like he was getting healthier and healthier. He was going in for a surgery that would basically have improved his quality of life and had blood clot issues from that that ended up causing heart attacks, and that's basically what all ended up going down. So, it's just tragic because it really seemed like he was had really turned things around. But at least, I guess, you know, he has that in his memory now. You know, he was, he was beating his demons at that point. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And like, if only he could see like the outpouring of people on Twitter, Facebook that I've seen, like wrestlers that I'm friends with, fans that I, you know, I follow and stuff. It's just like, fuck, man. I I hope he knows. I hope he knew and still knows like how much that he meant to the the wrestling world. And we'll, at the very least, hopefully, his family knows. I mean, I know he was divorced, but hopefully, his children know that how what the event to the world yeah for sure well let's uh let's pick it up just a little bit uh gentlemen this week we played serious sam the second encounter and uh before we get into it i believe that we should give the of course obligatory wikipedia bullshit so serious sam 
The Second Encounter bum, bum, bum. is a first-person shooter video game developed by Crow Team and originally published by Gathering of Developers. I've never heard of that. Uh, first released on Microsoft Windows on the 5th of February, 2002. Ooh, a British person wrote this article. <laughs> <laughs> it is the, the second episode following Serious Sam, the first encounter released a year prior. Both episodes were combined into one game and ported to the Xbox, uh, just called Serious Sam, which is actually how I first played Serious Sam, was on the Xbox. Uh, the high-definition remakes of both episodes were released in 2009 and 2010 on Microsoft Windows and related ported to the 360 Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Um, the series follows the adventures of protagonist Siri- uh, Sam Sirius Stone and his fight against the forces of the notorious extraterrestrial overlord Mental who seeks to destroy humanity. And one other little cool thing it has here that I want to mention before we start talking about it is a fan-made level pack called Dark Island was included in Serious Sam Gold. Um, the games are on separate CDs in the UK version and are identical to their individual releases, except the Sam character model for the first encounter was modified to use the one from the second encounter. And once and when the remakes released, the word classic was added to the originals. Classic. Which is classic. Classic. I'm, which I actually own the classic too. <laughs> I'm actually really surprised that they released Serious Sam games on the Switch. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah, that surprised me too. Uh, I don't remember seeing it on the Switch store, so I wonder like when that was ported because it doesn't say. It had to be kind of a recent thing. Um, so, since Jeff, you probably played this the earliest out of us uh, back in the day. I'll go with you first since you're the guest. Guests go first. Your courtesy, all that yada yada yada. Um, what was your first experience with Serious Sam? So this was one of the games that me and my brothers, we would, uh, this was around the time when uh, Windows 2000 Millennium <laughs> Edition was the hit, the top computer of its day. And my oldest brother, uh, he, we all would gather around his, it's a, oh, let's start over. We all gathered around his computer and this is one of the games that we all j- just play together. Uh, you know, Heroes Might Magic was another one of those that we played. But for yeah. this one, it w- we did a split screen oh, yeah. co-op. <laughs> so, of course, the, the oldest would uh, get the keyboard and ma- mouse, you know, the professional way of doing things. Uh, the, the My older brother, the middle child, he would uh, get like a, a pretty nice like dual analog controller. And me, I would get this shitty little... Like a PC version of a SNES con- <laughs> uh, SNES controller, but it managed to have like a little uh, screw in uh, <laughs> joystick <laughs> that you could do put into the gamepad. But th- this was just one of those games that we would play hours, f- multiple times, uh, even spl- uh, split screen, like a, a death match. There it is. This was just one of those fun, fun memories I remember from my childhood. That's what's up, man. Like, I remember, like, when I was young, young, at my dad's friend's house, I played uh, Wolfenstein 3D on his PC, but it didn't really stick with me. The first, quote-unquote, boomer shooter that I played and really got into and enjoyed was Serious Sam on Xbox. So, like, that era of time to me. So, like, when I played Doom 3... I was like, 
oh, well, Doom is way different than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, I thought it would be more like Serious Sam. And so I always liked Serious Sam because it was like that. It was fast paced, but not too fast paced. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and it was just a blast. Uh, so it's, it was cool going back and seeing some of these levels again for the first time in fucking, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Yeah, definitely. I matched, I bought the uh, the HD versions on Steam and just playing these games for one thing. They were a lot easier back then when you're playing with two <laughs> other people. This game, it's depending on uh, the difficulty you're on, it, it can be a hard yeah. game, but it's still, it's action packed. It's so much fun. Now, that brings me to the Destructo Bros. Now, Willie, I'm saving you for last because you're Mr. Doom. So I'm curious, like, what your first impressions of this were. But, Nate, you've recently played, like, Doom 2016 and things like that. So, like, what was your first impression? going into this yeah the first like very first impression was you just kind of pop in and you're in the like the little foresty area and you're like that's actually a lot prettier looking in a lot more open area than you know you see a lot of those old shooters being and then you're like there's nothing around nothing's bothering you you pick up a chainsaw you're like oh yeah this is gonna be nice then all of a sudden you take three steps and you start getting shot up by hordes of vicious animals and stuff. And like, it took me by surprise because that's a different approach from these old shooters that I've played before where it's like more confined and you have like specific rooms and things. Whereas this felt like you were just like on an open area fighting a bunch of things at once. So it felt a lot different immediately from that point on. Um, I started out really enjoying the game a lot. I had a lot of fun kind of exploring how it worked and how, like, the game mechanics worked. Because, like you guys said, it plays a little bit more like um, Quake than Old Quake than Old Doom, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, initially I just thought it was pretty fun. I was enjoying myself with it. Okay. And, Willie, what about you? Um, I think, uh, let's see. When I first got into it, like, uh, one thing I was really impressed by was, yeah, the game does not take any time before it gets you right into where you're going. And it, like, the first thing I noticed is it very quickly wants to introduce as many mechanics as it possibly can as quick as possible. Like, you get a weapon, you see a new monster, you get a weapon, you see a new monster, and by the time you're, like, halfway through the first level, it's introduced to, like, half of the weapons and half of the enemy cast. And uh, I think the first thing I was really impressed by was how immediately readable everything is. Like, there's a lot of first-person shooters that try to really hard to be realistic, and all your enemies are just dudes with different guns, and it's kind of hard to prioritize in them. Every enemy in this game has a really clear silhouette. Every enemy, the moment you've encountered, even sometimes before they've attacked you, you already know what their pattern is going to be just because of the way they look and the way they fit kind of a video game archetype. Like, when you see the... the, It looks like a boar, and the moment you see it, you realize, this thing is going to charge me, and if I sidestep it, I'll get a moment to shoot it in the back. Or like, yeah. you know, you see the running, decapitate, the, the kamikazes, the bomb guys, and you're like, okay, they're running and screaming and holding bombs. If I don't shoot them, they're going to blow up on me. And if I shoot them too late, they're also going to blow up on me. Like, yeah. it, it introduces the character types really quickly and they fill out roles really quickly. And you can kind of already tell where everything is going really fast in terms of, like, just getting jumped into the gameplay without it needing to say, you know, press W to walk forward. This is called a gun. You can use it to harm things. Yeah, I, I really like the kamikaze enemies. They're probably my favorite enemy in the whole game. I, I feel like just the enemy roster is a great topic of conversation in of itself. Well, 
Before but, we touch on that, because that is one of my notes, I do want to mention real quick, right there at the beginning, Nate, mm-hmm. where you said you drop in and there's a chainsaw, Yeah. immediately there are two secrets for you to find right there. Huh. If you, t- if you turn around and jump in the water and swim all the way down to the bottom, which is a far way, there's a health thing down there that you can grab, and it'll say uh, secret health found. Right? Yeah. So you swim back up. Behind you, like when you spawn in behind you, there's a little island behind you, right? And if you turn around and swim over to that island, there's a secret armor, but then there's also a phone booth back there, which is like one of the secret things you can find in the game are these phone booths. And you go in the phone booth and you use the phone and Sam picks up the phone and you hear like dialing and then ringing. And then you kind of hear somebody say hello. And he goes, hey, when's Duke Nukem 4 coming out? (laughs) (laughs) And they hang up on him. He's like, hello? Ah, and he hangs up. <laughs> like little things like that. But that was, that was fucking hilarious to me that that's right at the beginning of the first fucking level. That if you just turn around, there's like a secret back there. It's just like, who would have thought to do that on the first, the first level? That's just wild. Yeah, I'd love to get um, Sam Stone, Duke Nukem, and the guy from Full Throttle in a room together. <laughs> Absolutely. I was I was saying in our chat the other day uh, that I would like to see like an Expendables type movie with all the Boomer Shooter protagonists, <laughs> yeah, like fucking Wang, Duke Nukem, Sam, Doom guy who never says a word, you know, BJ Blask. <laughs> you know, like it would be fucking I, fantastic. I like to think that Doom guy and Gordon Freeman are just in the background gesticulating wildly at each other, but never making any sounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be fantastic, dude. Um. So yeah, let's talk about let's talk about some enemies. Um, there there are a bunch. Like I would say that there's yeah. a good wide variety of enemies in this game. Um, which which one did you see that you like aesthetically enjoyed the way it looked the most, and which one annoyed the shit out of you the most? Yeah, for me, the one that I enjoyed aesthetically the most is like I'm a big fan of Halloween, like the holiday and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So the chainsaw dude, this just big jacked buff dude with a jack o' lantern for a head, really jumped out at me first because it's like I love that mm-hmm. design. I just think it's cool, <laughs> and I really enjoyed that. The ones that really annoyed me, and I'll have a lot more to say later though, are like I think they're called the arachnoids or like the like scorpion looking dudes that shoot out the fire, like the green fireball mm-hmm. things at you. Oh, yeah, those green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely hated those things. Yeah, they were a pain in the dick. I think you're mixing two dudes up because the green fireball things were the four-armed guys. Okay. The uh, arachnoids were the ones that had either a rocket launcher or a chain gun. Okay, then I don't hate the arachnoids. I hate the four-armed guys. I forgot what he was called already. (laughs) He's the big green guy that kind of looks like Goro. He, like, holds two arms up and throws those seeking missile at you that you have to shoot or... Uh, if you dodge it, but don't make it hit a wall, it still chases you. It goes you. through walls. Some It does it go does. through some walls, it, too, yeah. Which I don't it, think is necessarily intentional, because some some terrain does stop it. But like it feels like if it's like a curvy terrain, it just kind of clips through it. Yeah, it was frustrating. Yeah, what, 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 uh, what, what about you, Lily? I'll go with... Um, I think that the enemy that I... Let's see. I can go ahead and say the one I disliked the most first. Um, the clear skeleton seems to be the workhorse mob of the game. Uh, it's the kind of the one with the pin, the big claws, the galloping sound when it comes at you. And I wouldn't mind it. And uh, I, yep. I actually think it's really cool that they attack in big old hordes too. The problem with to me was um, I feel like for an enemy in the role it's in, especially looking like a little brittle skeleton man, it should really go down in one super shotgun shot. Yeah, for sure. 
Like it doesn't. Those things are tough. Yeah, they just they have too much health for the role they play in the game. Otherwise, I thought they were really cool. It's literally just like it's the same complaint that Lost Souls and Doom have too many hit points. You know. Yeah, I think that was a problem I had with a lot of enemies in the game. I think a lot of things were tankier than they needed to be. Yeah. What uh, difficulty did you guys play on? Oh, that's a good point. I played on the very middle difficulty. I did too. I played, yeah, me too. I played on easy. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. I think then the enemy I think I was most impressed by actually was... Um, uh, I mean, honestly, I'm just going to say I love the kamikaze. I think that that is one of the most iconic enemies in the game. I have played Doom maps where they basically modded the kamikaze into it, and I could immediately see what an awesome like gap in the roster it fills because it's a melee enemy that is still top priority to deal with, and I think that's awesome. <gasps> Well, they're actually uh, in the first game when they're first introduced. You enter the, the you're in this desert, and uh, all of a sudden you start you start hearing them yelling over the hill, and so you kill the first wave, and then Sam you, it just goes roar yourself, <laughs> and then you hear that you hear the next wave coming towards you, and then you just hear Sam go whoa. <laughs> So that's a running joke in all the serious Sam games. Um, at some point, like I remember in three, that happens where you kill a guy and he does the ah yourself thing, and then like a hundred of them come running over the fucking hill at you, and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> and you have to just start firing rapidly to blow them all up. I will say when you first pick up the chainsaw, Sam going, "All right, I'm a lumberjack." <laughs> SL, SL, one of my favorite quotes. Um, and just because he said that, I did test, and I was very pleased that the trees were destructible. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I like that some things in the game they made destructible just because, like the statue heads, if you hit them with a rocket, they explode, mm. and things like that. It's just like little touches that I, I really enjoyed. Um, one of my favorite enemies, obviously, the Kamikaze is my favorite. I love the Gnar, which is like the, uh, how did you, how did you describe that thing? As a Gossamer? Yeah. Gossamer from Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah. It looks like, yeah. Gossamer with the forearms. Uh. So what you're thinking? No, no, no. The, the, the things with the, it's got the two arms, the one big eye in the middle. It didn't seem to be used very much in the game, but it just kind of, it kind of just runs straight Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. That enemy is definitely more common in the first encounter than I found That's kind of what I figured. I haven't played the first encounter. This is actually my first experience with a serious Sam game, so I feel like I literally dropped into the series at and knuckles. <laughs> yeah, I feel like his role was uh, kind of filled more by the kamikazes because they were just kind of like a more versatile enemy in general. Yeah, but if I had to pick one that annoyed me, it would probably be the harpies. Oh, I didn't mind them too much. Oh, fuck the harp. Here's the pain. But also that that green ball throwing. Yeah, guy. screw him. Yeah. Um, if because you have to. Name actively shoot those green balls or else they're going to hit you no matter what. In. The one that I like that's aesthetically pleasing but I also find annoying, I can't remember what they're called but they're, they're the giant red robots that shoot the rocket oh, I love those you. dudes. Those guys were so like like what Willie was saying earlier, when you see an enemy and you can tell exactly what it does before it starts doing it, that was definitely one of yeah. those enemies. Yeah, absolutely. And I told, like, I was talking to the guys about them before they started playing. And I was like, have you run into these guys yet? And they were like, no, we're still on the first level. And I said, all right. I said, snipe the blue ones, rocket the red ones. That's the easiest way I've found to handle those fucking guys. Uh, the enemy that the green dude with forearms that throws the seeking missiles at you is called an Eludrin Reptiloid. 
Easy for you to say. <laughs> Fantastic. That's a hell of a name. Yeah. Screw that guy. Actually, one great thing about this game is you you hear the enemies uh, transport them. You just hear like a growl, and then and, and then uh, all of a sudden you they release like a specific sound effect, and that's only with that specific character. So like the kamikazes, you hear them yelling, you hear the the harpies, you hear like a a bird noise in in the background. It's just that each one has a specific. Uh, sound effect. I think that's a very good way of telling yourself, okay, who am, who's coming? And I've, re- I've really felt like the sound design did a great job of letting you know that you needed to be ready for an enemy that wasn't going to be very quickly visible. Like, you said the harpies and the uh, the uh, kamikazes, and both of those guys were like, dude, you need to prioritize the moment. So it's like, instead of waiting on the visual cue, because they will appear outside of your line of sight a lot of the time, the game making a really loud noise for them so you know they're coming, like, really helped. Yeah, see, I didn't mind the harpies too badly because they were kind of slow and their projectile was a straight line. It didn't curve and track you like the other projectiles that we encountered in the game. Yeah, I feel like until harpies get into melee range, if you just keep barely moving a little Mm -hmm. bit all the time, they'll never hit you. And they go down to one sniper rifle shot. Yeah, Yeah. which, which brings me to my next question for you, gentlemen. What was your preferred weapon? Minigun. Minigun? Okay. I, I liked the bullet guns a lot, but I feel like I had a nasty habit of running out of ammo, even when I just had the Tommy gun and the minigun. Actually, you know, you would have expected the minigun to shoot through ammo faster, but for the most part, I had about the same level of problem with just using up all my bullets. So, um, I want to say I ended up actually probably using the single shotgun on a lot of things I shouldn't have, and even using the pistols when I wasn't low on ammo just because I liked you know, saving a little ammo. Yeah. For me, I really liked the um, flamethrower weapon a lot. It was real good for when a lot of guys were up close to you. You could just kind of spin around firing that thing and it kind of just melted enemies fast. It was one of the weapons I found that actually killed things at a decent pace. Um, Mm -hmm. Other than that, I really liked the sniper rifle when it was available to be used because like you didn't get a whole lot of ammo for it, but God, it was so good just to be able to shoot things from a long distance. Like those things that threw the orbs I had to use that a lot against because like especially in the part of level two where he's kind of like down in the center and you're up on top of one of the yeah. towers and you just snipe him I think it took like four shots to kill him though um, but other than that yeah you're coming out of that pyramid mm-hmm. there's like the one on the bottom and the one on the other the far left side yeah. and then the other one and that's also one of the places where the damn thing seems to clip through the ceiling and then the you see, that's what it, I would say. The other weapon that I ended up using a lot was the rocket launcher because it was one of the few weapons I found that actually killed things consistently. I feel like I was better at that killing was, with the distance with the rocket launcher than the sniper. Sorry, Jeff, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, it's fine. I was just going to say that level. I believe it's called the Valley of the Jaguar. Hmm. That's that's one of the levels I just I vividly remember playing with my brothers because the way it's designed is. There are three pyramids. You got the one in the middle, then you got the two on the sides. My brothers would go for the ones on the sides, and what they would do, what would ha- what happens in the game is you you collect like a gold mm-hmm. figurine of a jaguar, and then you have to put it in the middle pyramid, and that's how you progress through the level. But every time that you collect something, it unleashes the enemies. Yeah. So. It's just one of those, okay, I'm about to grab it, get ready to fight. Yeah, see, I feel like that's a really cool way to play that level, like having multiple people in it, because we were playing all single player this time around. 
Um, yeah. But I like that thought process a lot because you guys have you can have everybody going at once, which seems really cool to me. I would have loved to have had a teammates for uh, the Valley of the Jaguars base, the big basin when it opens up too, just because I kept fucking up and not realizing I was triggering the next fight during the previous fight. Uh, you ran backwards started, too much. You triggered the fight from the other tower. I, yeah, I, I ended up running towards the right tower a lot, and that would trigger mm. the, uh, the the chainsaw men to run down yeah. while I was still fighting mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the two-legged uh, tanks and stuff, which that caused a problem. Eventually, I realized, oh, you're supposed to go to the middle first. <laughs> It was yeah. really fun. And also that area really impressed me because like I I enjoy like you know, in Doom there's this concept called slaughter mass where there's like a, just a whole bunch of shit running at you and you have to manage enemies from a distance and manage them as groups, not just as individual enemies. And I feel like that was the main mode of combat in this game. And this level this was so much more vast than even some of the bigger and more ambitious Doom maps I've ever seen. Like this one battle area was like like it felt like it was like two or three square kilometers in size like it was a big ass area yeah, there's a few different levels in this game that are just way bigger than you would think you know because mm-hmm. you look out and you're like all right there's probably an invisible wall and it's like no you yeah. can just keep keep walking eventually your health will just start ticking down because you're out of bounds but you can walk forever before that starts happening it's just fucking wild and that's usually how you find the secrets yep. mm. yeah there was one level i i just saw like a bush off in the distance and I just started walking towards it and I got over to it and there was like a bunch of stuff hidden in the bush and it was like you found secrets and then all of a sudden behind me the way I came in this big open field spawned a fuckload of enemies that I then had to deal with yeah <laughs> but the secrets luckily were the speed boots and the uh I don't know what it, I guess it would be like rage mode where it puts the flame around the screen and like your gun becomes inflamed with the like lava looking look and you just do all the extra damage as you're shooting. I guess like a damage yeah, like quad yeah. damage in Doom or Quake that is. Yeah, I think it, I yeah. think it literally is the quad damage from oh, Quake. Okay. Like I think it's literally 4x damage. Yeah, it's awesome. Like I loved finding those things because I knew that shit was about to go down. Yeah, speaking of- yeah, even when you find little secrets, like the little, the health up underneath the spiral staircase in level five, like you grab that health and immediately a clear skeleton pops out behind you. Like it doesn't give you secrets for free, even if it's a little bitty cost. Mm. Unless you find the uh, secret secrets, because I remember I found one where I kind of ran up a wall in one of those temples on the second level and found, it is when I got the armor up there, it said secret armor and nothing, nothing yeah. popped out at me for that one. That um, one was cool, actually. I found that one too. <laughs> Quickly, I'd like to say that my favorite gun is the uh, sniper rifle. Oh, it's great. Far. I love that weapon. It's just fantastic. But um, I, I don't it know. needs a farther zoom. Yeah, it only goes to 4x. Uh, does this game have locational damage? Because it felt like it kind of did the same amount no matter where it hit enemies. But I also wasn't trying to headshot things because in this game, a lot of dudes just don't have heads. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think there is. See, but I'm uh, confused about that, too, because sometimes I feel like I could kill a kamikaze in one shot with a shotgun. Other times, like, if I just, like, felt like I clipped it, it took two shots. So, I don't know. I think it uses spready pellets possible. on the shotgun. Yeah, I, I'm not really, yeah, I, I don't know, to be honest. But I, I do like how in most games that an enemy has a health bar as this. The health bar is in the cursor, the, your, your crosshair. Yeah, the color. Yeah, so, when you... The color changes when, a, when an enemy is dying. It'll go from green to yellow to red to... It's also super helpful when you're aiming at the enemy, especially with the shotgun. Well, not yeah. shotgun, but with like the sniper rifle, because you can just zoom in, make, wait till it got green, and shoot. And the sniper rifle like almost instantly hits them, because it's like a hit-scan weapon, I feel like. 
Yeah, the game has great feedback on what your attacks are doing. Like, I really do think that it does a great job of communicating. Like, your weapons are loud and they feel strong, even when the enemies are also a little tankier than I'd like. Like, I don't know. It, I, I feel, it, it felt really good to go out there and kick ass. Yeah, like one of my favorite things is like, cause like the harpies spawn, like you said, really far away. But I would just go double pistols out on them, aim until it was green, and go Same. boom, 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 boom until they Same. died. Because you could, I couldn't see them in my eyes for real, but my my crosshairs were telling me I was hitting them. <laughs> um, one of the quips that he says that cracks me up is when you when you pick up that second pistol and he just goes double your gun. Double your fun. Like, yeah, I love his little quips, man. They just crack me the fuck up. Um, he does, despite, oh, despite his name, Sam doesn't take things too seriously. No, 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 not at all. He's a jokester. I would probably, if this were a movie franchise, first person that comes to mind would be Bruce Campbell playing <laughs> Serious Sam. Oh, God, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I could absolutely see that. Um, there, there's a reference to Quake in this game in one of his uh, one of his quotes. He says, "Oh yeah, shake, baby, shake, but I ain't gonna quake." <laughs> so it just cracks me up. Um, I'm not putting my so, mouth on that. <laughs> I'm not putting my mouth on that. <laughs> he who wields a mini gun fears not. Apparently, that's an ancient proverb. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did like the writing, though. Even the uh, enemy descriptions in there had fun with it. Like, the uh, pumpkin-headed chainsaw guy had a bunch of Smashing Pumpkin references in his bio, things like that. And there's just, uh, like, a nice irreverent comic booky tone throughout the whole thing, where it's, like, it's not overbearingly goofy, but it's not, like, deadly serious, either. It finds a nice balance of, like, comedy, slapstick, and, like, violence. This game is very quippy. Yeah. In its writing, or in its, uh, like, the bio information. Yeah. Um, just enough to give you a laugh. I I don't remember where it is, but Nate, I know you said you really like the pumpkin head guys. Um, there is a secret level you can find where it takes you to a pumpkin patch. Nice. That there's just a bunch <laughs> of those dudes that you have to deal with. Um, there, it's the cow level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is yeah, no cow basically. level. There's also a, a secret where you can find this room that apparently is a massive level i'd like to find this it's a stasis room everything's in cryostasis and it's all the enemies from the first serious sim uh the first encounter and they're just all in cryogenic isolation so one thing i was kind of thinking about in regards to this game was you know how like had certain mechanics that i hadn't seen in a whole lot of other like fps games like i remember there was this one section where you were walking into the room but the floor started tilting and so, like, Sam would start, like, going down towards this wall of spikes, and you kind of have to readjust him up into a more um, appropriate angle to not get killed. And I thought that was pretty neat. And then it also had, like, crushers. Like, <laughs> I'm safe-stated every yeah. time I made it through a oh. round of crushers. Oh, yeah, me too, bud. <laughs> it, there was a very Temple of or Indiana Jones-type feeling to exploring these ruins. Yeah. Like, there was a mm. lot of clear and present danger to it. I, I don't know. I believe there is a secret room where... I think you find a corpse of Indiana Jones. Nice. I don't remember what he says, but it's just, again, one of those uh, references. The game is just packed full of. I love that. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly how far you guys made it, but there is a section in one of the levels that was like first person flat platforming a bit. Mm. And immediately when mm. I saw these things that I had to jump up, I went, oh, God damn it. But it actually was smooth because like Sam controls well. So like I didn't have quite the issue jumping up them like. I'd, like once I'd get up about four, I'd save it, and then yeah. I think I needed to get up like mm. three more. Now, don't get me wrong; I fell plenty of fucking times, 
but I feel like those were player error more so than anything of me trying to just rush. I don't it. know. I kind of had an issue with the uh, platforming where like there was those ones where like you jump down onto it and then it'd blow you really far up into the air and then you tried to have to land on the next one. I did not think the platform was nearly precise enough for that kind of thing because those platforms were small. Like they, a little fans. I, I agree with I agree with you. That's uh, a little bit finicky if you're not just because it seems like Sam is going to continue going mm-hmm. forward. But if you let go of the arrow, all of a sudden yes. drops and like falls straight down, and and then it's just like you completely missed. It should be worth pointing out that Pro Team developed their own engine, the Serious Engine, for this game. So if you're expecting the movement to be exactly parallel to Quake or Doom or, or Unreal, then especially in the case of mid-air navigation, you're going to have some uh, different di- different maneuvers than you expect. Actually, though, I was actually going to comment that I thought that the bouncer section was surprisingly like. I thought it handled a lot better than I expected. I looked at it like, ah, yeah. oh, shit, here come the faith plates. And then pretty much blew through it my first try. I did not have that experience. <laughs> no, yet. I, I just realized really quickly that when I let go of the W button, my dude stopped moving entirely. I'm like, okay, midair is very immediate. There's no doom sliding. It is very, mm. the moment you let go of the button, you're stopping. Yeah, that was, uh, that was an area. It took me like probably two or three deaths to like, figure out what i needed to do but once i did i just you know kind of just hopped through it um that's another area where it was like i was definitely looking ahead with the sniper rifle and shooting anything i could before i moved on that way they weren't there when i got there like I did. Well, especially that area i think has the uh whatever that reptilian uh, armed red guy <laughs> yeah, the, the reptilian guy with the green yeah. orbs he he's the one that always is off in the distance like okay sniper rifle save now, me how long yeah. did it take you guys to realize you could shoot the green orbs and make them not? A couple you? tries, but the problem I had with it still was like, even though you could do that, like they'd get so many on screen at some point that, you know, you had to still prioritize shooting old boy that was shooting them out. Otherwise, it would just keep filling the screen with more and more of them. And in that time, I still usually got hit by at least one of those stupid green orbs. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's why, like, I almost, I almost like tell people that this game's got a little bit of a bullet hill. Uh, aspect to it because between the green orbs and the the galloping things that throw the the balls the two cannonballs with the chains at you and mm. the kamikazes like sometimes you're dealing with a lot of shit coming at you at once there was one oh, time sure. in in the bowling hallway you know what i'm talking about dalton right yeah where uh i was down to three health and mostly out of ammo and all that was left was like 40 clear skeletons that were all in our mob on me. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fucking die at any point. I just kind of kept on turning in circles and jumping and turning in wide circles and jumping. I realized I am just missing these guys every time. I was actually able to fight back out of that despite mm-hmm. them being like right on my face, just barely precisely getting through it. And I was like, Oh, that was a really good feeling. Like sometimes you kind of master the enemy movement, and it's ridiculously like satisfying when you make it through a battle. You feel like you had no business winning. Yeah, and see things like that, I had no problem with. Like I didn't have any problem with projectile enemies that threw in straight lines. Like you said, the harpies and the clear skeletons. I thought they were fine. It was just those tracking ones that really bothered me because I didn't feel like there was a really good solution for them. And the uh, the fiendish reptiloid or whatever that guy who the, the, the throws the red fireballs yeah. like you can't shoot those out no. of the sky and um, I felt like though those would collide with shit so like the only way I fought those guys was just sniper back up until the fireballs no longer on screen sniper back up sniper back mm-hmm. up I still felt like even those would go or- through walls too and I, I just got really irritated with those guys yeah I get you. 
I uh, I did my best to try to pick those guys off from a far distance, but even sometimes you know you just couldn't because they wouldn't spawn until you were close enough to it. Um, there was one big open area though where like I kept seeing these green balls come at me, and I'm like, where the fuck is he? And it took me like two minutes of dodging and shooting these things to see where they were originating from, and then I could kill the motherfucker. I totally had that experience during the uh, second big bouncer section in level two. I think it was level two. Yeah. Because it starts off with the bouncers before the bouncer sections mm-hmm. before it opens out into that really awesome three pyramid level. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and for the HD edition, when he comes walking out into that area, he yeah. goes, "Man, is it just me or does everything look way better?" <laughs> Which is just hilarious that they threw something in like that for the people who played the original. I will say, probably my favorite level in the game is the second to the last level. The last level is called the Cathedral. So what? So I don't remember what the one before it is called, but what what happens is you you exit this town and you enter like this green uh, pasture that's in between, like a great distance between the cathedral and this town, and all of a sudden it just becomes a a mosh pit of every enemy that you fought in the game, and there's you probably fight maybe. 2,000, maybe even more when it's all finally said and done. It's Sheesh. a very intense level, but it's so, so much fun. And it's just, I think it's probably the most beautiful moment, too. I will describe more because I want you guys to experience it. And that's the thing that to me. sounds very pure the, and intense. Oh, yeah. The, the serious engine that Crow Team's put together and stuff is like, their big thing is like, the number of enemies that they can put on there. And like, I think we mentioned earlier, uh, Serious Sam 4 you know, you could put over a hundred thousand enemies on screen in that. And the game starts like Sirius Sam starts off and you're in the middle of like a legit war and it pans in and there are enemies as far as you can see. And you know, I won't spoil more than that because the beginning of that game is pretty intense, but it it's fucking wild. And they've always been like that. So to hear that, that they drop a, a fuckload of enemies at you at a big field, like that doesn't surprise me, but that's absolutely something I want to go and play. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, from what I understand from a technical perspective, what they prioritized was draw distance and uh, new, uh, having as many simultaneous enemies on the screen as possible. So, like, they made it to where you can see enemies from a super duper far distance. That's also why, like, the, the harpy is one pixel tall and you're sniping it with the pistol because it's 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 mm. in interactable range, despite the yeah. fact that it's so far away. And, like, I don't know, I thought that that was, like... I think the technical decisions they made when making this game all were absolutely in service of the gameplay of the game. Like, they had a vision for this game, and I feel like they spectacularly executed it. And, you know, we played the HD editions, but, like, I try to remember what would it have been like to see levels like that in 2002, where you just walk out and it's just this big, vast, open fucking area, and you're just like, whoa... The, the graphics aren't as smooth and maybe the colors are maybe a bit more saturated. It, it's definitely, the, the HD definitely uh, makes the game look even prettier than what it was. But even back then in 2002, when I first saw these games, I'm just like, wow, this is still a very bright, colorful game. You know, the graphics are still pretty, pretty nice, you know, for the time. I mean, maybe they're not as pretty as they are now, but... Even back then, I I still found them uh, uh, not acceptable. You know, good. No, they were very very good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's no Far Cry, it's no Crisis, but like 
yeah for for the time and just the, the absolute expanse of it like i i give them kudos and especially and considering this game was not released at like a sixty dollar price tag, this was originally kind of a semi budget game. I think it was released at thirty or forty dollars. Oh wow! I didn't realize that. that. It's cool. Yeah. Um. It it is kind of confusing for people because there's like serious Sam the first encounter, then the second encounter, and then there's serious Sam two, <laughs> and people are usually like, "Wasn't well, isn't the second encounter two? And it's like, "Well, I think they're, they're kind of like serious Sam the first and second encounter are kind of just the first serious Sam yeah. game." Yeah, that puzzled me at first, but yeah, I get it now. That oh. First and second encounter is the first game, and then everything else with encounter in it is a spin-off game. Now, believe me, when I loaded up the second encounter, the first hour that I played it, I played through the, some of the Egypt levels, and the whole time I'm like, God, these seem like really familiar, like these were in the first <laughs> game or something, and then I looked it up, and sure as <laughs> shit, I was like, oh, I am playing the first game. Okay, let me move to the second game's level. That's funny. <laughs> Which I'm- I did play Serious Sam 2 on Xbox, and I thought... It's good, but not, I think the for the encounter games, you know, first and second encounter are much better. And that's what I've always heard is that first and second encounter are good, and then they kind of decline after that. But I've played some of Serious Sam three, and I think it's really fun. It is gorgeous. That game looks really good, even by today's standards. Like three looks good, and four looks incredible. But like I've never, it, it's like Serious Sam two is like the the mario 2 or the you know those kinds of it's like it comes out and everybody's kind of just like yeah yeah it's not bad yeah although i know people love mario 2 these days but you yeah. know what i'm saying you get my analogy the feels yeah the, the feels uh let me see some of the, okay some of the secrets that i found in the game uh, i found two that i wanted to point out specifically one was I was in a level and I'm just running around and I looked up in the sky and saw these two floating what looked like eyeballs. Oh, yeah, I found this too, actually. And I ran over and I'm looking at it and I'm sending the boys screenshots. I'm like, am I crazy or these fucking eyeballs? These totally look like eyeballs. I'm going to shoot them. <laughs> so I did shoot them. And what appeared in front of me was like a, I don't know, maybe 50 foot tall kamikaze guy with like this weird Beetlejuice monster looking <laughs> head with two big eyes in it. And he just yells, ah, and then just explodes in this giant fucking explosion. And it's, it's like, why was that there? <laughs> so I figured out that there's a little, like what looks like a health pickup in front of it. And when you grab that, it says secret watcher detected. And that's when the eyeballs first show. Uh, also, if you stand uh, within like 80 feet of that dude, when he blows, you just immediately die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, learned that the hard way. <laughs> Did you guys ever had to use the uh, the serious bomb to help you get out of tight situations, which was basically a clear screen weapon? I kept forgetting I had it. I used it too early because I didn't realize, because I only found one while I was playing, and I wished that I would have had it for some other sections. Um, I had to use the first one in the opening of the... Uh, the big pyramid area in uh, Jaguar Temple, actually, because I could, I just did not know how to handle the big, massive clear skeletons yet. So once I got swarmed, I used the bomb there. But I think I found another somewhere along the way. And Dalton was telling me in the room I got stuck in, it would be a good idea to use it because I got stuck in uh, level five of the pit. There's a room that in the HD version has a spinning cylindrical tube and a bunch of frogs in it. And mm. apparently in the original version, I went and looked up footage from a, a guy I like watches Doom videos a lot. So I looked up footage of how he handled it. And in the original version, that's not 
a spinning tube. Instead, it's got a weird gravity feature in it instead. But I guess they decided to implement it differently in the HD version. And I just couldn't handle it because whenever I would ride up the spinning platform, like I would fall into the frogs and get basically blown up. And if I didn't right if i jumped over it then the frogs would fall on me and get me so i just i couldn't handle the verticality of that area i guess i got through the frogs like once and out of like eight ten attempts and I, then when the uh, big mech guy showed up he got me because i was just not ready for him and i panicked <laughs> um so i did not I, I to see the, the first boss of the game which times. i think is at um, the end of that level definitely in that in that spot that willie's talking about is a place that i used it for sure um there was there was a couple places, but I really I tried not to use those. I'm one of those people that when I get an item like that, I'm like, oh fuck, I'm probably really gonna need this at some point, and then I take it with me through the whole game. Yep, the mega elixir hoarder. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that was basically my use of those. I'm I'm trying to find. I know I sent you guys a screenshot of it, the name of the other. Uh, secret that i found i thought i posted it in screenshots but it doesn't seem to doesn't seem to be here anyway i think it was called like the super super secret stealth ninja no no it's the super secret stealth assassin tree that's what it was called <laughs> yes 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 where where was that and you just randomly you're just going around and you pick up a like a, an item i think it was like a health thing like it was with the other guy and all of a sudden it says Oh, you found the super secret stealth assassin tree and you turn around and there's a palm tree wearing like cheap $5 sunglasses that are like the funny colors. And he's got two little like rocket launcher things or no, I'm sorry, laser guns. And he's just shooting at you and it's just hopping around shooting at you. It's in general chat and memes. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I was just like, what in the hell? It was the craziest looking thing, but it was just little random things like that really really cracked me up in this game because it was just unexpected i see now that is awesome um one of the other secrets i remember it was as another phone booth that you find and you go into the phone booth and you click the button and he picks it up and you hear hello hey who's this this is sam no you're not and he hangs up and he goes what a silly yeah he's being silly he's not sam sam i am (laughs) <laughs> God damn! <laughs> uh, did you guys have any favorite quips that he did that you can remember? You've said all the good ones I that just, I can think of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the one that I always just remember is he. All right, I'm a lumberjack. Uh, I have some pulled up here. Um, when you get the quad-barreled laser gun. Yes, that's finally a, that's some gun. sci-fi mumbo jumbo. Yeah, that's a good gun. <laughs> um, when you no, get it's the, not quite the cannon. When you get I felt like I was a little better with the minigun than the laser gun. Sadly, I tried to use the laser gun in the frog room, and it just got me killed. I liked the laser gun against the uh, the big red uh, like ATST looking guys. Mm. Uh, those guys, like I that that weapon when I was out of rockets, that was my second go to for those guys. Um, when you get the flamethrower, he goes, <laughs> now you're all fired. <laughs> I forgot that. Uh, when you get the rapid, rapid firing rocket launcher, he says, rocket ranger ready to rocket. <laughs> um, yeah, there's all, there's all kinds of little different ones. Um, my flaming fists of fury will destroy you fiend. 
<laughs> oh God, who writes this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you get the lumberjack, or get the lumberjack. When you get the chainsaw, uh, one of the things that he could say, along with what uh, Jeff said, is, "I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay." <laughs> Which is a Monty nice. Python reference. Uh, I'm trying to look just for the, like the the references for pop culture. Uh, the reference to Quake. Oh, yeah, that looks like that was about it. Oh, here's a, here's a Shakespeare one. To be or not to be, that is a serious question. But yeah. Um, f- so, well, if you, okay, so we've talked a lot about the good, and we've mentioned a little bit of bad, but does anybody have any, like, negatives that jumped out to them? I know, Nate, you said the tracking bullets and the uh, first-person platforming were your favorite part yeah i mean those are the ones that only jumped out to me things that i didn't necessarily enjoy as much as other parts of the game but overall i don't have a whole lot of massive complaints about it i have one really stupid complaint that's more on me than on the game <laughs> uh, sometimes when you would trigger uh, a cutscene, based like when you did like a major checkpoint type area in a level it would bring up a little thing that says like analyzing dot 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 and then show a cutscene. And I kept misreading that as auto-saving dot 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 <laughs> and not making a save no. and ended up losing like five minutes of progress. Uh, and that happened to me twice, no. like in two different locations. <laughs> yeah, that's happened to me too. I was, uh, I got really good at after I did anything significant, hitting F6 or if like I picked up a good bit of health and armor, I'd mm-hmm. hit F6 to quick save. Yeah. Um, I also ended up going into the menu in the settings and turning autosave on. So, like, every now and then I'd run through a room and it would, like, stop for a split second while it autosaved and then it would keep going. But yeah, I didn't I trust say, it. I would still save myself, too. <laughs> I should say if you're, like, a Doom hardcore and you're, like, you don't believe in mid-level saves, the average part-time in this game seems to be about one hour per level. They are big, thick yeah. levels that are full of set-piece mm-hmm. encounters. And I think that Saving after every big set piece encounter is pretty much the intended way to play. Yeah, I would never have beaten a level in this game if I didn't save scum through it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Even on easy, like, this game throws a lot at you. And I didn't play on the easiest difficulty. There was, like, one between the easiest and normal, and that was what I played on. But, dude, it they it's still, like, yeah, there's a, a need for saving in this game for sure. <laughs> I do just want to mention uh, the voice of Sam. It guy's name is John J. Dick. <laughs> John J. Dick. And, and he did the voice of Sam in all the serious Sam games. His name is my name, too. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, okay. So then let's... Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about it? Or you guys want to uh, give it a rating and then move on to our list? Or? I'm going to rate. How about you I don't think I have any more. I'm, I enjoyed it, but that's that's a spoiler. No. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well then we'll we'll start off with uh, with Jeff. Jeff, what are you going to give this game as a rating? Well, based with everything with my childhood and how much I still loved this game, the game to this day, I'm going to give it. Oh, let's see. What's I'm going to give it nine cannonballs out of ten serious Sams. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Who am I looking at? Willie, what about you? Oh, man. I didn't want to go next. 
Nate, what about you? Yeah, I'm probably giving this the lowest score because uh, I did find myself when I was playing it kind of just wanting to play Quake instead. <laughs> so I thought it was a pretty good game. Like, I'm not giving it a bad score by any means. It, I just felt like I enjoy the other boomer shooters that I've played a bit more than this one. Um, so I'm giving this one seven and a half serious bombs out of ten chainsaws. Okay. Now, Willie, do you want to go now or you want me to go? Uh, you go. I'm still formulating a number. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> it, it's kind of hard for me because it's a game. It has highs and lows, and I don't. I don't know. Just go ahead. So I have the nostalgia tied to this game too, uh, like Jeff. And this is also my favorite boomer shooter series. Um, so I'm gonna agree with Jeff, and I'm gonna give it a nine. I want to give it a nine and a half, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna give it. Why a nine. not? If you said you want to, because I feel like there's room to build. And there's a few more serious Sam games to go. So if we play the rest of them and none of them exceed a nine, then I will retroactively give this game a nine and a half. But I feel like there's still a little room for improvement. I'll give you a little extra time, Willie. This is my second favorite PC oh, wow. game. Can I guess the first one? Go ahead. Free Space 2. It is the Free Space series 1 and 2. <laughs> I, was, oh, I got a half, half credit. The, the, what? The, is, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you. These, <laughs> what more can I say? So I think that I think that, um, like, at its best, this reminded me, like, in terms of like raw action set pieces, like clever combat design and all that. It reminded me of like some of my favorite levels in Plutonia, which is I think my favorite of the like canon doom campaigns and like that that is like one of the highest compliments i can give on the other hand there are again i think the enemies are a little too bullet spongy and i did have a little trouble sometimes uh handling the entire roster of weapons i think that the game has a lot of stuff going on in it and sometimes i think it could bear to be a bit streamlined like there are just some little strange decisions like grenade launcher and rocket launcher being separate ammunition when like they have very similar roles in the game, for instance. And, like, that's a little nitpicky stuff. And I think ultimately I'm going to give this, like, an eight and a half because I really enjoyed it enough that I'm like, this is my first exposure to this series and this is what I wanted it to play like. Like, I really have no complaints whatsoever. Like, there was there were moments of just, like, pure adrenaline pumping joy. And, in fact, the only reason I don't think I gave it a higher score is just I had, you know... I've had really low energy this week, been injured and all that, and just didn't have the time to play it as much as I'd like. So I had to compress my play time to the last couple of days. I think if I was able to take my time and get further in it, I might have ended up enjoying it more instead of banging my head against a couple of encounters. So I think eight and a half is a fair balance between the highest and lowest score I could have possibly given it. We definitely need to, the four of us get together and do some uh, co-op because I think that might change love, your yeah, that'd be experience great. even more. I would love to try that. I mean, I have a feeling it might get a little power fantasy at that point, and I could kind of enjoy yeah. that, you know? Like, I've, I really enjoyed the combat puzzle, kiting things around, making, you know, figuring out how it works type of thing, but I also would enjoy just slowing stuff up. I'm also curious if they scale, like, if there's more players, do they send more enemies at you type thing? Yeah, I'd have to look into that because I, I don't really know. And it's not what something is, I don't uh, remember. What does death work like in co-op? Do you just like respawn or? Yes, you just immediately respawn. I can't remember if you respawn right where you died or if you go back to the beginning of the area you were in. 
I, I believe that you respawn right where your where your corpse is. But as long as every as one as one person is still alive, you don't have to reset okay. the level. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Man, that puts a lot of pressure on that last surviving person. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, hold on, I respawn in five seconds. Please don't die. <laughs> now, I'm trying to remember as well with the uh, the level scaling, depending on how many people there are. I think the, en- the amount of the enemies are the same, but they might raise in difficulty. Okay. Or okay. at least it, it, might, it t- takes a little bit longer to kill them. You know, they have more hit points. That would make sense, yeah. I wouldn't mind if they got a little bit more aggressive because, you know, they're outgunned. They're, well, you're still outnumbered, but not oh, as much. Oh, you're definitely outgunned. <laughs> well, gentlemen, this game came out in 2002. And since I didn't have a list for last week because I didn't know how to link a list with hidden object <laughs> games. Uh, there was week, a list. It was just hidden in the episode. Ooh, we have to find it. Click around, motherfuckers. Download it multiple times, and maybe it'll be hidden in this one. Yeah, exactly. It's like a raffle. Um, But Jeff sent me a link of uh, the top games from 2002. So we're going to do like the top 25. We don't have to go in super detail with them. But some of these jumped out at me as being surprising, and some of them absolutely were not. So we'll go with uh, number 25, uh, released in December 2nd, 2002, was Dark Age of Camelot, The Shrouded Isles which was an expansion for an MMO back then. That one kind of surprised me because I've never really heard a lot about Dark Age of Camelot. Where, um, where is this list sourced from? Oh, uh, this is uh, Metacritic. 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 Okay, cool. Yeah, this is according to Metacritic. And is this um, all platforms? Yes. This, these are all PC games. Oh, is this all just PC, PC games? Oh, okay. Okay, I was not. Oh, yeah, son of a bitch it is. Okay. That's um, why I chose it. Okay. Just I need to make sure we I did, I did my homework. <laughs> Number 24. Serious Sam, the second nice. encounter. Okay, so there's 23 right. games that got higher critical ratings than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, One of those games you may disagree with. Was that an 85? I feel like I'll probably disagree with like 12 of them. Let's roll through it and see if uh, we do or not. Let's see. Uh, with an 86, uh, number 23 is Age of Wonders 2, The Wizard's Throne, which I believe is like, that was like one of the original like 4X turn-based mm-hmm. strategy games, wasn't it? Age of Wonders? Sounds like it. So, um, 22. Unreal Tournament 2003. Great game. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can't I can't argue that. Uh mm-hmm. number 21 Dungeon Siege. Sure. Which nah. Uh 20 Out of the Park Baseball 4. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We've heard I, of that game. What is it? <laughs> I think sim- it's a, it's one of those simulation uh, games. Yeah, it's a it's a comprehensive like, baseball simulation. <laughs> Uh, number 19, Hitman 2, Silent Assassin. I've heard good things about the Hitman series. I've never actually played one. God, they're fun, dude. Me neither. It's just like sandbox Hitman. How do you want to kill people? Go figure it out. <laughs> There's a bunch nice. of different ways. Uh, number 18 was F1 2002. Uh, shout out to my buddy Jeremy. He's super into F1 games. Uh, 17 is Mafia, the first Mafia game which I don't know if you guys have any experience with the Mafia series. Um, I've played some of Mafia 3, which I think is the one that people don't like, but I liked it. It was good. It's so far, you're running into a bunch of games I completely Yeah, same. I think I I might have been on a laptop at this point in time, so I didn't have a computer that could play any of these games. I've been tempted to get the uh, the definitive editions of Mafia. Is it worth it? Me too. Let me work it. I I, I can't tell you. I don't know. Uh, I've heard good things Mm -hmm. about the Mafia 1 and 2 remasters. I just... I've only played three. Mm. 
number 16, Medieval Total War, which I have the second one nice. on my shelf over here. Total War games are a blast, dude, if you're into that style of game. Uh, the real-time strategy stuff. Uh, 15 is Madden NFL 2003. You can't be surprised about a Madden game being on the list. No. I I was more surprised that Madden games were coming out on PC back then. Fair. Yeah, I definitely associated with PlayStation 2 at that yeah. point in time. Yeah. Uh, or GameCube. Or Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. Consoles. Hashtag. Uh, number 14 is Battlefield 1942. Okay. I believe that is that the makes fan. sense. That's the first Battlefield game, if I remember correctly. I think correctly. so, yeah. The beginning of that. Uh, if only they knew what they would release in 2022. Uh, number 13, Combat Mission, Barbarossa to Berlin. Never nope. heard of it. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, hybrid turn-based real-time 3D simulation of World War II's tactical warfare. Oh, that yeah. sounds incredibly yeah. nerdy. Did you, did you get all that? <laughs> that sounds intense even for me, dude. Yeah, instead of, instead uh, of uh, Control, we're playing that next week. Let's go. <laughs> uh, number 12 is NASCAR Racing 2002. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. He's making a left turn. Now, here's what I, I love NASCAR. <laughs> number 11, The Elder Scrolls 3. Oh, wow. Maryland. Okay, that's a weird spot for Elder Scrolls. Okay, more of like... That was one of those games that, like, okay, most people did not play Daggerfall and Arena. Morrowind was the first time I ran into normal people that wouldn't shut the <laughs> fuck up about Elder Scrolls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Jeff, I see now what you're saying. We we're going to disagree with one. And I absolutely, the fact that that game is above Morrowind makes my fucking head want to blow off right now. But number 10 is Age of Mythology. It's not this. Okay, not this. Not this. That seems fine, yeah. Age it's of a little strange because in retrospect, Morrowind is considered one of those all-timers, so anything is going to look pretty weird here. Now, number nine. Now, I want to state yep. that 9, 10, 11, and 12 all have the same score of 89, right? But number nine, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact that that is above Morrowind, they can eat my Get entire out of here. I'm done. That's incredible. That's oh, Metacritic. That's why I chose the list. Like, wow, that's gonna make some angry people. I get the impression too that if I was playing the game in 2002 and reviewing it in 2002, I would have been a lot more generous yeah, with it. But if you were playing Serious Sam Four, I mean Serious Sam Four, Serious Sam the Second Encounter in 2002, I think you still would have liked it more than you like Star Wars Battle for or whatever. That's probably Jedi Knight Two. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jedi Knight Two. I, I would like to try Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, that does sound fun. Oh, Battlefront's great. Um, I, I guess we should keep on moving because I can't. I can't get this mad for this yeah. long. <laughs> number eight. What else is better than Morrowind? <laughs> number eight is a game that I'm actually I own on GOG, and I'm interested when this comes up on the show because I've heard about it, but I've never played it. And that is Freedom Force. I and it's what like was Freedom Force. I want to say it's like a. Uh, it's either an RTS or an RPG, but you, you're superheroes. Mm. Okay. And uh, you're you're the freedom force. Like, the graphic on the front, do you remember... Oh, God, what Cartoon Network cartoon was it that had the... Like, the American Justice, League or whatever they oh, were called? Oh, God. Justice Friends or something. There, it, Dexter's Laboratory had a parody of the Justice League called... Yeah. Um, I think it was the Justice Friends, yeah. It was, like, the guy that was obviously Van Hammer. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, Gronk and the infragable Kronk. Yeah, that's what the artwork reminds me of. Is like 
that almost. But you can't think Freedom Force Wait, in my brain true. was for some reason wanting it to be Team America. One hundred percent would play a Team America game. <laughs> uh, number seven, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Okay. Well, again, not one of those I think of yeah, as a PC three. Wasn't two the best one though? Wasn't th- okay. So. Two, three, and four are interesting in their own ways. Two was very much like a lot of people consider two the best because it was like the most straight up sequel, and it was like the the one that had the most perfect gameplay in the sense of like it was the one that added manual mm-hmm. so you could combo you forever. could do a grind and then hit, yeah yeah three was the one that added reverts so you could combo off of landing on uh, pipe. Oh okay. Three also yeah. was a little bit more mission oriented. Four is the one where it went almost completely open. Okay, so three sounds like it's still good. We had three and. I think three was the one we probably played the most. We had okay. for PS2. Um, in my, like, I really enjoyed Tony Hawk 4, um, but 2 four was, was cool. my first one. You know? um, but my favorite Tony Hawk game is Underground, the first one. The second one that went really far into the Viva La Bam stuff was, like, all right, but it leaned really far into the Viva La Bam stuff. But the first Underground, was where you're just, like, a skater trying to make it, was really cool. But I know I played Tony Hawk. I just don't know which version I've played. They're all the same to me. <laughs> I'm terrible at the game. Uh, so let's see what came after Tony Hawk. Speaking six. of uh, number six, would be No One Lives Forever to a Spy in Harm's Way. You know, man, that might be a fun one to get around to. No One Lives Forever, like the people that played that game, really loved it, and I never got around to it. It's like a stealthy first-person like spy game, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it says I think it was made by Sierra. Uh, interesting, <laughs> Sierra. <laughs> number five Neverwinter Nights Ooh. so like it's still going ain't it I can't argument that yeah people still making fucking modules and shit for that game which is insane to me people do entire D&D campaigns within Neverwinter nice. Nights on- online it's so cool uh, number four Medal of Honor Allied Assault and I believe I if I'm correct I think no I'm sorry that wasn't the first Medal of Honor game because the first one was on PS1 never mind Allied Assault. This is before that this genre got oversaturated. This is like when it was still new and exciting. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time I played Medal of Honor Frontline. And the first opening mission is you going up the beach of Normandy. Yeah. And it is mm-hmm. the most intense fucking opening to a game. Talk about remasters. Give me a fucking Medal of Honor Frontline remaster. Fuck all these Call of Duties. Getting with blood. Me. Give us blood. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say, Willie? Oh, I was just going to say that, like, if I remember right, like, people were, like, so stoked about it because it reminded them of, like, the Saving Private Ryan opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think they really cashed in on that whole thing in that time period. Um, it was in the zeitgeist at the moment, for sure. Now, these top three, these, I'm not surprised by number one, but these top these top three are interesting. Number three, Tiger Woods PGA wow. Tour 2003. Sports. Yeah. I'm like, wow, fucking golf over football it, I'm shocked it's just so golf, hard for me to golf over Morrowind it's so hard for me to rate these sports games too because I don't really remember the difference yeah. between each of these years and why that one was like the one that was critically beloved I do remember that the Tiger Woods games were considered like the top of the line and they were like incredible for people at the time so I guess no one would leave a negative review for it either you were interested in golf or you wouldn't be the person that reviewed Fair it enough. <laughs> yeah Oh, I have a rant about that after we finish this up about people reviewing things. Um, number two, Warcraft 3, Reign of Chaos. Reign of Chaos. 
Is that was, the subtitle of the main game or is that an expansion pack? Uh, I think that I was think the subtitle the of the main game because okay. the expansion okay. was uh, like the Frozen Throne or something like that. That, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, number one. The you guys want to hazard a guess? Yeah. 2002 is so like I wouldn't have even remembered all these games coming out no. the same year and I'm, I'm clearly out of touch with same. 2002 anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll give you a hint. Not that you know you might not guess, but it is also a game that I, like in my head, think of consoles for specifically one console, uh, the PlayStation Two. Yeah. Then rating of ninety three. GTA oh. title maybe. It is absolutely a GTA title with a ninety three. And number one is Grand Theft Auto. Nice. Wow. Good work, dude. Which I would like to. And I own it, so I could absolutely do this. Load up Grand Theft Auto 3 and drive around in it and see how if the PC version was more populated than the PS2 version. Because I've gone yeah. back and played the PS2 version. And after playing San Andreas, which came out on the same console, but then even like 4 and 5, dude, Grand Theft Auto 3 is empty. <laughs> yeah, I think it we is. may have hit on this in a recent episode, but like, Grand Theft Auto 3 feels less like a complete game and more like a demo for Vice City and San Andreas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, um, in retrospect, like, at the time, it was like the coolest shit ever. But yeah. like, in retrospect, it looks like a demo. That game blew my fucking mind when I loaded it up and there was no main menu. It just loaded right into the <laughs> beginning of the game. I was like, what? Yeah. I remember running into my parents' room and I was so like, <laughs> impressed That's with it. Awesome. <laughs> Dog, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, yeah, my mom basically had that. My dad was like, oh, that's cool because my dad played video games. But my mom was like, Pac-Man? Nah, nah, I'm good. Um, I, I want to do a, a quick little rant. So I read an, a review this morning. Like, like when I wake up, sometimes I'll have like suggested articles from Google. And one of them was about the DLC for 2K22 uh, WWE. So I was like, oh, I'll check it out. Because I know that, like, there's some packs. I read what's coming in them, and it's all right. Like, there's some people I'm looking forward to. And there's also uh, Jake Paul and MGK that are going Ugh. to be DLC characters who I am going to tank their stats and make my jobbers. <laughs> but the guy that wrote the article, this was Rock, Paper, Shotgun. So, like, boo to you, people for letting this dude write this article so the guy writes this article who's basically like he says i haven't played wwe 2k22 but from everything i've heard it's not a big pile of shit even though i totally expected it was going to be a huge pile of shit but here are these pile of shit dlcs that are coming out for this game that i haven't played even though i like i'm talking like he hadn't played it but he was reviewing stuff for it i'm like why why are you even writing this like isn't the whole thing is you should play a fucking game before you review yeah. it yeah. Like, isn't that the job of a fucking that, reviewer? That, that one would think. It just seems like <laughs> shitty journalism. I mean, like, do your job, bro. And uh, I wish I could remember. It might have been Rock, Paper, Shotgun. What? Or was it PC Gamer? It, it was one of these websites that I normally look at. And there was an article about everything we know about Elder Scrolls Six, right? And it was like release date, setting, all this type of stuff. And you click the article and you read through and it's like, there is no release date yet. We don't know the setting yet. And it's all of this shit. It's just like they, it's a clickbait article because the article is literally saying, oh yeah, we don't know dick about this game. <laughs> it, I'm like, what the fuck? Are clicks really that important? Sure. Fucking A. Sure it is. It just drives me crazy. Like I miss when I could open a magazine. I know I sound like, ah, back in my day, you'd open a magazine. It, but like there would be these well thought out articles that were written most of the time. I'm sure that there were some outliers. 
but like in PlayStation Magazine, I never ran into this. Like when it was like, a, here's what we know, they would actually have some things that they knew and then they would touch on the things that they're still waiting on. But they didn't base an entire article on things that they know, but really they don't know fuck all. Fucking Bell. I don't know. Man. Sometimes I feel like GamePro didn't necessarily play the games before they reviewed them. Well, I never read GamePro, so I'll, I'll give you that. That may be possible. Uh, I was a PlayStation magazine and an Xbox magazine kind of guy back then. I think I remember Game Informer doing some good articles on occasion. Like, I remember, yeah. I, th- I think uh, this article for San Andreas I th- was like three, four pages long of everything they know, or actually, no, the game came out. All right, here's the positives, here's the negatives. And they rated it, I think, like a whatever not San Andreas got that year. I'm overwhelming. Yeah. For a magazine that came with a GameStop like premium subscription or whatever, they didn't have to do as good as they did with Game Informer. But like, I still remember articles from Game Informer and like reviews and stuff. And it was like a pretty good magazine. Like at one point, like I, one of the funniest reviews I ever read was a Game Informer review for the game Kabuki Warriors, which was a fighting game that was really terrible. And the guy complained that you could just beat the game by mashing buttons. And he said, quote, and then I got the idea that I could probably just beat the game by repeatedly sitting on the controller and seeing what happened. And as it turns out, the score is Kabuki Warriors zero, my ass one. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn. Well well boys, uh I believe that that's about it. I know next week we'll be uh hitting back to control Ooh. and getting through that. And then uh Willie, I believe it is your choice after that. Uh unless you want to deluge your choice till after amnesia. But that's up to you. You can make that decision. Uh, you don't have to make it right now. Um, yeah, we'll figure how I'm feeling after playing Control. See how two horror games yeah. in a row feels. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be next week. And I believe that just leaves uh, house cleaning, which would be if you would like to come join our Discord. It is bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital letters. That'll give you a link. You can come join. You can vote on the fan poll for the fan episode that we do. And each month or however the time scale works out for that depending on what we're playing uh, and you can just join in in the banter it's been a lot of talk about anime a lot of talk about pokemon a lot of talk about all kinds of shit really come join us uh we appreciate adding more bullshit to our bullshit um if you would like to be one of our patrons which would give you access to the episodes early and you just get your name right out if you want to go to that specific tier so uh, I want to give a shout out to our patrons with an extra special shout out to Nate Sir Cogsworth, the 7th of Juniper, Jeff, the original expendable Jeff, old Jeffy Lube himself, and Arisa Adam. Shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction. Uh, thank you all so much, even though most of you are here. <laughs> and thank you to all of our patrons, even the ones that aren't in the members uh, mentioned tier. Like, just you appreciating the show enough to want to hear us early, like, is a huge motivator to us. It really makes us happy to know that you like listening to and interacting with us. Absolutely. It gives me Sally Field feelings. You like us. You really, really like us. <laughs> I love you, boys. Thanks, <laughs> Mr. Syllables. Thanks for... <laughs> Mr. Syllables. Yes. Oh, my God. I'll be adding that to the notes. Um, <laughs> if you want to get a cool shirt with Steamy on it or our logo, uh, you can go to tsmpproductions.threadless.com. And if you like our show music... You can go to nowthenightmare.bandcamp.com and grab yourself one of my albums. Uh, and if you want 
to not remember all of those links and you want one succinct link that will take you to everything I've mentioned and the things that Nate is about to mention, then you can go to bit.ly slash the Steam Machine Podcast, capitalized phonetically, and all the links are on our website as opposed to the, I mean, and along with the episodes and uh, other, other stuff. If I decide to post pictures and things on the episode list, they'll be there. Uh, and I'm going to turn it over to one. Wow. I almost... <laughs> I, I almost I don't know where the fuck I was going with that. Also, if you enjoy hearing Dalton's music, I know somewhere else where you can hear his uh, theme song, Turtle Bear Boogie. Where would yeah, that be? Yeah, you can follow me uh, on the go. Twitch website, twitch.tv slash turtlebearman, where Dalton has generously provided my in-stream music. And then you can also follow me on TikTok and Twitter, also at turtlebearman, just if you want to see me be a goober. Oh, also, man. don't forget to listen to Dalton's other podcast with his friend Jeremy at Yet Another BS Podcast. Look at you. Big Look at Johnson. you. We all yeah. forgot that entirely. <laughs> yeah. What a pl- plug master. This is why we have you on. You're pro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that. Yeah. Yet Another Bullshit Podcast. It releases uh, every Wednesday. Uh, I think episode two is going to be coming out this Wednesday. It's been a good time so far. Um but you have to search yet another BS podcast because obviously I can't promote it as bullshit. But it absolutely know that it stands for bullshit, not like big scrubs or anything. Big socks. <laughs> big socks. You know what that means? Well, <laughs> it's the big socks. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, gentlemen, Jeff, thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me on again, guys. This was a lot of fun. And I uh, wish you success for your future episodes. Hell yeah, brother. Thanks for keeping it serious with us. Uh, For the Brothers of Destruction, my name is Dalton, and I leave you with this. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Hey, yo. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. Take it easy, everybody. 